G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. So Rebecca started at 14 babysitting. Um, our eldest son, Daniel, uh, at 12, was mowing and raking people's lawns. And the funny thing is, is that they knew when they earned their 20 40 $60, whatever it was, they brought it home and put it on the kitchen table. And that was what was putting groceries on our table. So we were working together, and all of us were working together pretty closely just to survive. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, David and Helen Smallbone have certainly made a huge impact on the history of contemporary Christian music. They are the parents of successful recording artists Rebecca St. James and Joel and Luke Smallbone from For King and Country. But before their children made it big, they went through some huge challenges themselves in the music industry here in Australia. And they eventually decided to move their family to America over 25 years ago. Andrew Robinson caught up with David and Helen at a Christian media conference on the Gold Coast where they were receiving a Legacy Award. Robbo had a chance to find out their story, which begins years before their children became involved in Christian music. I'm with Helen and David Smallbone, and you guys last night were uh, recognised with a a Lifetime Achievement Award uh, by Christian Media and Arts Australia. And I think overdue, to be uh, honest, in some <laughs> respects, but you know, just well-deserved. I mean, you guys have been uh, amazing in the Christian music scene for, for decades, literally decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned a little bit about that last night. You know, it was 27 years or so that you went across to the US. But mm-hmm. uh, take us back to even before that and some of the work that you were doing here in Australia before that move to the States. Got into uh, Christian music probably 45 years ago, managing an Australian band my brother was in it called Family, and uh, did that for quite a while. Then got into concert promotion and would bring to Australia Striper and Larry Norman and Randy Stonehill, Leon Patello, uh, the list would go on. Then I did a big tour 29 years ago, and uh, lost about a quarter million on that tour. And so I think, well, how I, it would be very hard to catch up financially in Australia. So I went to Helen and said, what about we try America? And she said, well, we'll do that for two years. <laughs> and 27 years later, we're still there. So uh, she married me for adventure. I've delivered. I haven't given her much security, <laughs> but it's been an incredible, uh, incredible experience. Wow. So how long have you guys been married then? We've been married, just celebrated our 44th wedding anniversary. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. So we've walked the journey pretty closely together. Um, and when we had little kids, uh, when I st- started with Rebecca, and she's about turned 42, um, David was very active into concert promotion. And the kids from the time they were born mm. would all go to the concerts 
you'd do a concert every two to three months and we would rock up so our first or Rebecca's first Sydney Opera House concert was when she was six weeks old and it was a Larry Norman concert and uh, Larry made a comment to David afterwards that he could hear a baby crying which undoubtedly was Rebecca. That's amazing. <laughs> what an incredible memory. Yeah. It's it's just amazing to think about those, you know, the, the history of all of that. And as you say, like the kids growing up in the music scene, I've just had the pleasure of sharing breakfast with you guys and just hearing some of those stories of those early years. You know, that you guys travelled as a family uh, when you were on tour. Obviously, once Rebecca started to hit her straps in her teen years. Uh, what was it like as a mum raising a family? You've got, uh, it's seven kids, isn't it, uh-huh. that, you, that you've got? So seven kids on the road that must have been a huge commitment uh, and you were the homeschool teacher as well yeah some years when we were uh, active in america and the the boys actually started out with rebecca as a crew um they would run the lights and set up the lights and uh, set up the stage we did have a sound guy because that's a fairly you know unique and specific role but they would do most of the other work um and they would have local volunteers and they were in charge of local volunteers so they learned a lot of life skills uh education wise if we were on the road or on a tour pretty actively, other than keeping them in a stimulating environment and having them reading, and on days off we would do schoolwork, they were working pretty hard, um, sometimes up to a 10, 11, 12-hour day. Um, so they really, that was their focus. And I think God's honoured that over the years uh, and uh, allowed them to learn a lot of life skills that we didn't realise they were really learning at the time. Let's just dig a little bit deeper into that collapse of your business and the decision to move to America, that must have been an incredibly challenging time for you as a couple and as a family. And I know that uh, even when Joel and Luke were touring this year, they, they talked a bit about that and some of the you know challenges and the stresses that that was. Mm. What was it like? I mean, just for you as a couple, how did you get through that? What were some of the things that um, you look back on and think, well, we did that right? I think, uh, you know, the crazy thing in it all is it uh, drew a closer. You know, I was pretty fragile. Uh, I felt like probably I'd failed in uh, uh, supporting the family. But I think one of the things that comes to mind as you ask that question is when we are weak, he is strong. And we, particularly when we went to America, we saw the church kick in in a way that we will never forget. It's a memory for Helen and I, and it's an experience that I recommend. Uh, because in our weakest moment, the Christian community loved on us. And, you know, even as I'm telling you about it, it's a bit emotional for me. Uh, because I think there was a lukewarmness in my faith perspective uh, prior to that. I was in Christian music. I wanted to be purposeful. I wanted to make a difference. But then I realized, and I think what happens to a lot of people in music business, you just get focused on doing the music more so than the ministry. I think the learning curve for me was from now on, after that time, it had to be ministry first and business second. And, you know, we've had some battles with the industry on occasions on that, uh, even with Rebecca's first record label, things like that. But I think in the main, we've been allowed to have joy in the journey. And uh, what's crazy for me, I'm now one short of 70, and a lot of my buddies 
are going through the challenges that I went through at 40 in their 60s. And I think God gave me an education at a younger age. And I think probably what Helen and I see, how can we how can we bring more Jesus into the music business and uh, and change it from being a commercial enterprise to a ministry enterprise and so that means we still want to be culturally relevant mm. we want to be Jesus centric in what we do but it was a uh, for me anyway it was a catalyst to go deeper and other than ourselves we had nothing and we had the kids but we just had to rely on each other and I I think for about four years I shook in my boots every day and and it's funny coming back to this conference uh, uh, Lee Brown uh, Nathan's dad asked me what my thoughts were and, uh, and I said incredible time of reflection but good good reflection and, and I think it it's challenged me to still be fervent in sharing loudly and in a culturally relevant way the most wonderful message known to man. you got seven kids, as we said. They've all got amazing ministries in, in a variety of different ways. I mean, obviously, some are up front singing and others are behind the scenes doing different things. I mean, Ben is just going gangbusters with his video work. What was the, I guess, the rationale behind encouraging them all to follow their dreams and passions rather than sort of, you know, shoeboxing them saying, well, you, we're, we're all going to be singers or we're all going to do this. What, what, how did you guys navigate that, uh, encouraging the kids to flourish in their particular giftings? Um, I think it's probably a little bit more by accident than, than probably intentionally. And I, I think I don't know that we intentionally parented in a certain way. It's just you go the direction that you feel God's leading you and you do what you feel makes sense in the moment. Um, I can look back now and see there was a lot more intentionality probably than what I was giving credit to at the time and maybe that was just God's leadership. We learned a few things uh, when we left here and we were struggling to survive. One was that we needed to be together and to navigate life together so the kids were very aware of that we had no money, um, that they needed to help work. And so in the early years of when we first arrived in America, the community that we were, we were in a small estate, and uh, so Rebecca started at 14 babysitting and cleaning for local people. So we were doing cash jobs. Um, our um, eldest son, Daniel, uh, at 12, was mowing and raking people's lawns, as well as he was working in some flea markets. And the funny thing is, is that they knew when they earned their 20 40 60 dollars whatever it was they brought it home and put it on the kitchen table and that was what was putting groceries on our table um, so we were working together and and all of us were working together pretty closely just to survive and I think that made them a foundation that one they they realized they were needed which a lot of kids these days in our spoiled environments don't even feel needed um, they felt purposeful and intentional um, they knew they were carrying a role that was important. And uh, it's funny because Daniel, probably for two years, um, every time he would do any job anywhere, would just pass the money over. And he remembers the feeling of the day when he probably would have been about 14 where his father said to him, you can keep that money. Wow. And he looked at it and it was like, what? 
and it was just not a thought that the money was ever his. Yeah. The money was the family's. Wow. And he remembers the day that David said, we're fine, you can keep the money. And just the feeling of overwhelmness that this money was actually his. So in working from that young time together just to survive, then we realised we couldn't be separated. So when Rebecca was signed and she started travelling, we realised we needed to do it together. And then the boys were just, because they were always taught to work together, they just started with different roles. Ben was given his first uh, video camera at 16 to start recording behind-the-scenes film of or images of Rebecca performing in concerts. And he took that then, being a young kid, into the adventure of doing mini skits and for the youth group and things like that, and slowly his thing in. Uh, for me as a parent, it probably kicked in at about the Transform tour, uh, the, which was the Transform album, which was Rebecca's number four, three, three yeah, that, uh, that we were touring most of that year. And I, as they're responsible for their schooling as well, actually prayed to God, what, how do I manage schooling? They're working long hours. Like, we're, we're busy. They, what do I do? What's my expectation for actual schoolwork? And I had a deep assurance in my heart that God said, I'll teach them what they need to know. And he's been faithful. I look now, and he has. You know, he's really taught them unique skills, mm. each sort of individual to themselves, um, that they're carrying through now into their adulthood. You're listening to The Story. Today's guests are David and Helen Smallbone, the parents of Christian recording artists Rebecca St. James and Joel and Luke Smallbone from For King and Country. And as we're hearing, they were involved in Christian music for several years before their children became involved. We'll hear more of their story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Andrew Robinson chatting with David and Helen Smallbone, the parents of successful recording artists Rebecca St. James, and Joel and Luke Smallbone from the band For King and Country. David and Helen have seven children in all, and all of them have been part of the family business, which has been Christian music in various forms. This conversation is taking place as they have just received a Legacy Award at a Christian media conference on the Gold Coast, and they are reflecting back on their life journeys. David, you mentioned you're 69. Helen, you're in your mid-40s. Um, <laughs> I didn't marry a young guy. <laughs> but, I mean, now I mean, you've got grandkids. Yep, you know, all the kids are grown up and you know, married. And How does it make you feel, as a dad and a grandfather, to see your kids pursuing their call, their mission in, in life, their God-given dreams? How does that make you feel? Well, I've got two comments. I think... For children to find their skill set, I think the a lot of the current educational, we, we, everyone goes through the same educational filter, and a lot of them come out with the same 
understanding of what to do in business. We, it, this was never our plan. Our plan was to go to the Christian school here in Australia and then it was all, all taken away. So I think in a weird kind of way, we help our children really focus on their unique skill set. I had someone talk to me yesterday, I think uh, was one of the directors of Hope in Sydney, and he was wanting some, he's got two children, he's saying, you know, what's a, you know, what have you learned about being a parent? And I think what Helen and I would say, uh, even with our own grandchildren, sometimes we see them uh, maybe being spoiled a little bit, uh, and we, again, it wasn't our plan, but we stumbled over this way of working them so hard. Like, we ended up buying a little farm 22, 23 years ago. So we'd, we'd be on the road, that work like crazy, that start at maybe mid, midday and finish at midnight, setting up all the gear, selling merch, all that type of thing. And then when we'd go home, we had the little farm, and there's always things to do. And that's where Joel and Ben started making movies. And so I think by keeping them so busy, we kept them out of mischief. I think a lot of times, I don't know how it works in Australia, but I think homeschooling is a worthwhile consideration. I don't even know if it's allowed here in this country. I know in some countries around the world, the government doesn't allow it. It's almost like they want to indoctrinate the kids. Uh, but I think, and I go back to saying what I said before, it was never our plan to homeschool. Our plan was to just go to the local Christian school, which we'd been told the best. And she comes from a family. All her siblings were in education. So education was very important. So I, I will, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this one thing. So we arrive in America, and we're just down the road from a school. And Helen, and so I'm thinking, oh, okay, we'll automatically send our kids along to the local public school. And Helen says, nah, not going to do that. Uh, I, I, because at that time, we only thought we were going to be in America for two years. She didn't want them to become too Americanized. And I feel, I just told her this the other day, I never thought of it before. I thought she had prophetic insight. Because in a f weird kind of way, the Lord was saying, hey, put them in school, then we can't go on the road. Mm. And, and by going on the road, the boys did an apprenticeship uh, with Rebecca, which now shows itself in for King Country. And they were prepared when their first record came out. They were prepared when they first started writing songs because they'd been writing songs for five, ten years earlier. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think if we, maybe Helen and I have learned everything, uh, be careful just doing what everybody else is doing. Because mm. the, it's the culture... The culture is coarsening almost on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a student of culture. I'm watching what we, we have songs for King Country, have songs going mainstream as well as Christian. So I'm a student of what's going on, video, YouTube, everywhere. And the garbage that our kids have, uh, have, they can see these days through streaming is unprecedented in my lifetime. And so we have to be presenting high-level content and I think it's all hands on deck and my encouragement to anyone who's listening is hey be prepared to do it differently don't just follow just because everybody else is sending your kids to the local public school and in this one Helen was a hero she said no we're not going to go to that that new that school down the road at Brentwood because it was only a quarter of a mile away mm. would have been easy but she wanted to keep the family together and we they've been taught a skill set at a very young age not me. And I, I parallel it in the music business 
with the farming community. Like farmers, they always teach their kids everything. They milk the cows, they mow, you know, they get on the tractor, do everything. What we did with our kids, we we weren't, you know, a farming. Even though we live on land, we weren't a farming community, but we were a, a ministry farming community, and the kids learn how to do it. So, I, you know, like I think Helen would agree with me. Think outside the box, mm. and I, I think so often. Oh, everybody else is doing it. We've got to do that way. We've seen quite a few of our friends go that route, and I don't think they've been happy mm. with the end result. I think culturally, and I'll just go on that, culturally I think God is asking Christians to step out of the box, to not think that the way the world does. And I think in a family, we for, for us, we had to stay together to survive, both emotionally as well as really practically, you know, the kids needed to work. Um, but it enabled us to have very strong ties to each other and it also um, led them into unique giftings that we couldn't have done any other way. But my challenge to families are don't look at the way culture is doing things and saying it needs to be done and trust God to show you a new and different way that's right for you guys. And that's going to look different for every single family because God's uniqueness in the way that he leads us and guides us on our journeys is unique to each person. Um, but trust him to, to be there and to show you what's right. I've got one thought just to add to that. I, I think I was so emotionally fragile for about four years after I lost all the money. And what Helen supported me through all that. And I think I say this to other women and wives out there listening all of us go through trials and tribulations and I think you know there's a bit of emotional fragility in my family her or both our families her dad had a bit of a breakdown my mum had a bit of a breakdown and I think we're all fragile and the fact that Helen never questioned I th- uh, you know it's funny thinking about it now I think if she had I probably would have had a breakdown you know I was so so close to like I'd failed, I, I was unable to put food on the table for the family, and she was there with me. And it was it's something that I will always be grateful for. And it's allowed us to do the adventure of life at a very high level. You know, we've travelled the world, we've been able to do it with our family, and we've been able to share the most wonderful message known to man in a culturally relevant way. And I think... Had Helen said no to going to America, we wouldn't have been able to do it. And had she been, oh, David, you know, I'm not not happy about this, and and she'd kind of blindly loved me in the middle of chaos. And I am... I am indebted to her to the point that even, you know, talking to you now, I'm feeling a bit emotional, but every so often we'll be driving the car or something. It doesn't happen. But maybe once or once or twice a year and I'll, I'll just get emotional. And I'm thinking the way she's loved me unconditionally when I had my back was against the wall is such an empowering thing. And I think for husband and wives, I think she's loved me better than I have. Now, I love her. She knows that. But uh, in my weakest moment, she was by my side, and it's such a, 
even you asking me these questions. Such a, an empowering memory. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, I feel like we could talk all day. It's just a, amazing. And I, I, as I said earlier, I think that the honour that's been bestowed on you guys, the Lifetime Achievement Award, is well and truly deserved. So thank you so much for sharing a bit of your story with us today. And I guess it's just wonderful that we can all watch on and see the way that your family is just absolutely uh, blossoming. And we believe that there's so much more ahead. So thanks again for your time. Really appreciate uh, you sharing with us today. That was Andrew Robinson chatting with David and Helen Smallbone, the parents of Christian recording artists Rebecca St. James and Joel and Luke Smallbone from For King and Country. And it was great to hear the story behind their successful children's careers. But as we heard... It wasn't always easy, and they went through some tremendous challenges that led them closer as a family. But through it all, they remained faithful, and God has blessed them abundantly. As it says in the Bible, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And as we heard today, the Lord trusted them with bringing up and guiding their children to successful lives and careers, bringing glory to God. Well, thanks for joining us for David and Helen's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.